Hi there, I'm James White, the founder of InTouch CRM, and welcome to another edition of this Seven Figure Club podcast. So over the last few weeks and months, we've interviewed um, some fantastic different business entrepreneurs and owners who have achieved so many different elements in their business. And it's been interesting for me to um, really listen to these guys and what they have to say and how they've achieved the success they have. And um, it's always intriguing to to get to know people um, through business connections and networking uh, and understand a bit more about them and how they've achieved the success they have. And uh, I'm always on the hunt for to, to, to meet with very you know senior, great business people that have achieved some fantastic things. And um, one of the programs that I've been investing time in myself recently is something called uh, Key Person of Influence. It's a program run by a guy called Daniel Priestley, and I'm hoping to get Daniel on one of the future podcasts that we run. Um, but basically, Key Person of Influence is around how you can improve your own profile as a business person. Certainly something I'm keen to do and... Um, I know that a lot of the people that I've interviewed have built significant profiles for them and their business and, and what they do. And um, one of the, the most important aspects, I think, around the interviews is, is really trying to tap into the knowledge and expertise that, that people have. And when, within the KPI program, I've had the, the t- chance recently to uh, to meet a fantastic a guy called Mark Edwards. And um, Mark's going to be the person that's on our podcast today. Um, Mark is uh, a great, great guy. Um, as I say, met him a number of months ago as I started the KPI program. And Mark's got an incredible story about what, um, how he's achieved success in business. Yeah, I'm very much a uh, keen photographer and fitness fanatic. Um, he was a triathlete and competed up to sort of train 12 times a week and so knows what it takes to the dedication required to make things happen. But became first involved in, in mergers and acquisitions at the very young age of 25 and um, has been involved in, in since then over 140 acquisitions um, of businesses. And uh, I thought, well, well, actually, what better person to invite onto a Seven Figure Club podcast than Mark, um, who has literally been there and done it all and seen it all with regard to buying and selling businesses and, and getting the value that you want from your business. And uh, Mark's career, he's involved uh, as an owner, he sold his own businesses, he's been involved in a number of software companies, um, raised investment for technology companies as well as clients, and, and has, has written a book on, on, on mergers and acquisitions, which is about to be published in the next few months. But I thought, it, you know, what better person to invite on, you know, the Seven Figure Club podcast is all around helping people like yourself and business owners and, and people that want to succeed and get the results that they want in life and business to to achieve more. And I thought, well, what better person to invite on the Seven Figure Club podcast than Mark, who knows what it takes to sell a business, um, knows what it takes to make a uh, the Seven Figure Club dream come true. And I thought it's a great chance for Mark to share his thoughts, his ideas and, uh, and wisdom, really, on how you as a business owner can, can basically make your... Um, business dream come true and, and get to the point where you can you can sell and, and, and achieve the results and rewards that you want for the effort you've put in. So um, I asked Mark to join me on the podcast. He very kindly agreed to do that. And so um, what we now have is a, is a podcast um, with Mark Edwards. Mark is currently the chief executive of a company called Boss Equity, um, who, as I say, provide a huge amount of resources and help to business owners to enable them to get the rewards um, for the effort they put in and, and start to see the value in their business rise. And um, I'm sure you're going to enjoy the podcast. It's full of great stories, wisdom, insights from Mark on what he's seen over his uh, business career and um, and how he can, he's got some great thoughts on how the, the acquisitions that he's been involved with um, have come to fruition and, and, and what's 
taken it? What's it taken to make that happen? So um, thought he's no better person to invite on the podcast than Mark. Great um, guy. Really great to have a chance to interview him. I was lucky enough to spend half hour with him on the phone um, talking through things. And so without further ado, um, let's get into the, the next um, Seven Figure Club podcast um, with Mark Edwards, the Chief Executive of Boss Equity. Thank you, James. And uh, thanks for the invite. It's, it's uh, quite exciting to be on your podcast. Um, when you told me about it, it uh, I was quite interested to go and have a listen. So uh, it's nice to be, uh, to be part of it. No, no, you're very welcome. It's, it's great. And it's great to have a chance to, to, uh, to chat to people, experienced business people like yourself. And firstly, just obviously I did a brief introduction. If you want to just do a little bit around, you know, what you're doing at the moment with Boss Equity and, and how you got into that business, that would be fantastic. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, essentially, um, what we do is that we work with companies uh, predominantly in the software technology sector. That's our background. That's our experience. That's where we came from. But the principles that we apply in the process working with our clients, they apply for any business. And, and, and the fundamental sort of overarching objective is that we're a great believer in, in the entrepreneur, the person who, who sort of has an idea takes that idea, grows it and turns it into a business. And, you know, I've worked with many, many different business owners and it's fantastic when you see at the end of that journey, whenever that may be, that they get the the, the just rewards for the hard effort because it is really hard. And one of the things that that we say, you know, it's sort of, if if your business has survived for five years, you're doing amazingly well because 85% of businesses don't. That's right. And, and like you say, and again, it's a case, I guess from that case there, it's about building on from those five years and making sure people get the value that they want to. Yes, that's right. And, 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 and you see, the other thing is, I think that the, an entrepreneur is quite different. They're, they're, they're a special animal. Um, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe they're born like that. I don't know. Or maybe it's something that's nurtured within them. But I think that I see a lot of businesses that, that, that do grow and survive and, and they've been fueled on the passion of those entrepreneurs and there's so much commitment that goes into it and what we've really enjoyed is being able to help that person take that business and take it to the next level and then and then get the rewards by exiting by the sale of that business and i think for a lot of entrepreneurs rather than being become part of a much larger organization where perhaps it becomes very political it's not the same as taking a you know a, a, a very small business and growing it being part of a larger organization sometimes that's what where experienced business people start up their own business in the first place they've been part of the large corporate they've done it for many years and they say hang on a minute i don't think i want to do this anymore i've got lots of experiences and skills i want to go out and try and build some equity value of my own well, that's it. And you've got, and obviously you've done a lot of that yourself. I know from, you know, looking yeah. at your bio on, and obviously we'll share that on the podcast, your bio on the Boss Equity page. You've, you know, you've started a number of different businesses, I guess, and, and taking them to, you know, to different stages, floating them and, and actually selling them. So, I mean, what's your, you know, when you start a business, for all those people that are listening out here, are there any sort of two or three things that you think are quite core to the, to the framework of any business that's, that an entrepreneur starts? Yes, I think they're wrong. I think one of the things that we always say is, is start with the end in mind. And I think that that sort of relates back to, to, to my last point, which is that I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, the best, the best and most enjoyable path for them is to take the business, is to grow it to a certain size and then to sell it and then to take, go through that process again. Because once you've done it, second time around will be much easier. And, it, and 
<clears throat> in speaking to a lot of these entrepreneurs, we also hear that sometimes when they've been with the business for maybe 20 years, they've said, well, actually the first five or the first 10 years were the most exciting for me. And then the, after that, it was more, I was more removed from the business um, and it became a different animal. And I think that sometimes I see business owners and they do what we call, you know, riding the business up and over the top. It, it often will require a different set of skills to take that business, you know, up and, and beyond to where they've got it. And we quite often see people that they, they get a good business, a valuable business with innovation, but then they hit a ceiling. And I think at that stage, quite often it needs a different type of leader. And some people are able to make that transition, but I think a lot would be better off of saying, okay, I've done my bit. Now, now let's hand that on to a much larger organization. It's more about management and processes. That's not me. Yeah. I'm more yeah. about passion and innovation. Yeah. Um, and let me go and do it again. And I'll go and do it in, in another area. And I think that also can be very refreshing. And it's, it's, it could be very rewarding financially as well. You know, they can sell the business, put, a, put money away in the bank to take the financial pressures off themselves and then take what they've learned and build the second business. And we've seen people do that two, three, four times, very, very successfully. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great point around actually, like you say, that the first five to 10 years are the hardest. You go through a lot of the learnings and, and you know, and yes. things and you, you then come out the other side and you look back, I know myself, you know, going through that. I mean, was there anything, was there any sort of piece of advice, you know, that people, you know, that someone gave, you know, when you were working in your career and as you built businesses that, that you, you that someone gave you that thought that was brilliant advice. So I'm yes. really so glad I've taken that on board. Yeah, it's a good question actually, James. And it, it, that's, um, I was thinking back to when I first got into the area of what, what we, we call business transfers. It's similar, you know, it's, it's, it's about taking a business and being able to sell that business. Yeah. And uh, I had a mentor in those days, a guy called John Oakes, who'd been doing this for years and years. And he said, if you look at a lot of businesses, small business, they just try to do too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's very true. And um, he had this, this phrase, which I often use, is when we're looking to maybe extend the services or extend their products is where does that stop? And, and quite often the answer is yes, but we can make money doing that. And so he would say, yeah, but you could probably make money selling baked tins of baked beans, but do you really want to go and do that? Mm. And I yeah. think instead of having that focus where you can really pierce through into the market and you've got a niche, you see a yeah. lot of small companies that go too broad too soon. They don't establish that focus. They, they don't have the right positioning they don't have the right marketing and the right sales processes so they don't get the level of sales that they want but their way of addressing it is to say well let's add something else on let's go address another market grass is always greener actually they need to go back and look if they've got a product or a service that really addresses a pain yeah then i think that they need to, to persevere with that and get it right rather than let's release another product let's go into another region let's go out to a wider market i think that's good no it's fantastic advice i mean i love that you know where does that stop and it's so you know again a lot of the other you know seven figure club podcasts that we've done with like mccallavich with matt garman with you know dwayne jackson they've said very similar things you know having that focused niche at the start and being able to really drive hard into that space and, and really become the the dominant you know player in that environment is so key for so many businesses and you know people reading and listening to this podcast will be saying well yeah but i i don't want to stop doing you know things in x and y market but like you say maybe as john has said it's sometimes that can cause you more damage than good yes and it doesn't mean that you don't innovate 
You yeah. need to innovate around your product or your service. You need to innovate a way about how you engage with your customers. You need to innovate in, in your marketing. You need to yeah. be creative. You need to innovate in the way that you manage with your people. But I think keep adding product and you can, you, I mean, particularly, and I think that's one of the reasons why I, I keep in, in the software technology sector is it's a very exciting sector to be in. And, you know, it is, it's massive growth area. And, and for an entrepreneur, if they want to go out and be in an industry that moves really quickly and have the potential for a massive upside, then software technology is, is, is very, is a good target. Um, but a lot of the people in that sector that start businesses quite often come from a technology background yeah. and they can create software, but how to get that out into the market and, and how to sell that is often one of the weaknesses. And when it we is, look at a business, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you carry on. You carry on. Yeah. I was just going to say, when we look at a business, we, we, we look at it as we, we talk about the sort of the five columns of stability and strength that you need to build up in order to build the equity value. You know, yeah. our, our marketing tagline is unlocking greater equity value. And I think that's what the entrepreneur should really be focused upon is building that equity value throughout their journey. Um, and because it will also help the business perform now, you know, we talk about, you know, greater equity value, greater return for them when they sell, but you want a better performing business and one that is more stable because it's got strong columns within it, such as, you know, it's positioned very, very carefully. They know their market. The marketing work is effective. They can grab attention, you know, got a proper sales process. They've got management systems. And yes, they have an exit strategy right from day one before they even open the door. And that's, I know that there are vast majority of people don't do that. No. no, you mentioned it's great. And I know, you, you know, you've touched upon there. I know a framework that you're you know, very passionate about. And I've seen from, you know, from, from, from what you guys do at, at www.bossequity.com, where you talk around this sort of five stage process in your, uh, it's your equity value accelerator, isn't it? Your EVA that's framework. right. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Just talk a little bit about sort of, you know, because obviously competitive space talk about niche and focusing right over. But you know, how important do you think, you know, marketing and sales is to, I know it's, you know, it's a generic term, but you know, so many businesses don't do it effectively, do they? Oh, critical. It's, it's, it is so, I, you can't overstate how important it is. Um, and I think on an intellectual level, every owner I've ever spoken to agrees with that. Mm. But <laughs> there, there's, there's a difficulty there in that. What I often find is that the business is built in a reflection of the owner. Right. If one of the first things I'm asking is when I'm going in and when I've been asked to come in and look at a business is I want to know the background of those founders, that founder or founding people. And if you see that it's, it's an, an organization that's been built by technical people, then pretty, you're going to be pretty confident that the technology behind it is strong Well, you'd hope so. Yeah. But start looking towards the marketing and you often you'll find that that's quite weak. And that's yeah. where you, they, they run into this problem is, you know, we've created a great solution. Why aren't people buying it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it, you know, it's the same with the, with the sales process. You do get people that come from a sales background and they've built a good a sales um, ability. They're working really very, very hard. You've got those founder, that founder who's got the good sales abilities out there selling, selling, selling but you cannot 
keep building a business with all of the sales on your own shoulder and you yeah. do need a good product and you do need a good service and you need marketing to feed, you know, we call it the sales engine, the sales engine right at the heart of your organization. That's what the whole, you know, that's what the whole business is built upon. That's where your revenue comes from without a sale, nothing happens, but you've got to feed that. And, and again, if you've got somebody who comes from a sales background they can go out and sell with probably very little support, very little collateral on a one-to-one -one basis, but that's not scalable. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to be able to bring in salespeople, but have those salespeople fed by qualified sales leads. I mean, look at, looking at some, you know, organization like Salesforce, when they first started, they were trying to sell a SaaS model that at that time, there was a lot of suspicion and there was a lot of resistance, but they built it because they did very, very effective marketing. They qualified those leads and they made sure that those leads were managed in a complete process right the way through to the sale. And they learned by creating systems, they created, you know, they got their people aligned, they got their processes aligned, and they got the technology to back them up. Yeah. They could then monitor and they learned. They were forever learning and they became very, very effective and they built the sales force that it is today. No, you're quite right. And, and it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, you know, when I talk to a lot of business owners, as you do, and you talk to them about marketing and sales, and, you know, you ask them questions around, you know, their structure and what they do. And, and, it, and of course, yeah, things are a little bit different now, you know, nowadays than what they were, you know, you know, five, 10 years ago. And, and, and do you think in, in your mind, a lot of the business owners and the people you're talking of have made the jump in the change? Because, you know, we talk about people that are no longer, you know, content is very key now, people don't want to be sold to. Do you think a lot of those guys have actually made the jump or are making the jump? Or do you still think there's some, there's some, some learnings for people to go through there? I, I would say the vast majority haven't. I would say, and, and they're at various stages along that growth path. But bearing in mind, I mean, the, the digital revolution that everybody talks about, and that really has changed things, yeah. has happened so quickly. It's difficult to keep up, especially when you're running a business. I mean, it's, I, the funny thing was, you know, I know all of this stuff, but when we, when we looked at our business because we said, you know, we're achieving some great results for clients here, the only thing, what we need to do is we need to scale our business. Yeah. And, so we ran, we actually applied our own framework, our own process to our own company. And it was quite revealing because we weren't doing everything that we were advocating, that we were enabling our clients to, we didn't do it ourselves. It, but it's always the way sometimes, isn't it? Because you keep running things, aren't you? But you don't sometimes yeah. do it. I was doing the same thing ourselves. You know, as you know, as you know, we we are in touch here. We have a, a a system that helps you know convert prospects to customers. And I was talking to our our, our team and saying, actually, let's use some of our tools. <laughs> you, you sometimes leave it. You know, don't do it all as you should do. But in, in terms of where you you know you know think, obviously, you know, you've seen so many different businesses and, and seen businesses grow and scale and sell. You know, is there anything in particular that you think that you know, one or two things that you think you've seen in you know, the last few businesses you've helped that, you know, unlock their value that they've done, you know, very well from a sales and marketing perspective that you think they really nailed part and that was key for them. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's a, that's a good question because it's, um, I learn a lot from my clients. I mean, we, our job is to go in and it's to unlock that equity value in the business and actually to, to facilitate the sale. So we're not just consultants. We take that business out and we sell it. But, but you, you create a real partnership. You get to know your clients so well. Um, this, is not, this is not a two-month project we're talking yeah. about. You know, the, the length of time can vary from... At the very, very shortest, you know, it would be six months and that would be a, r a rarity. And we've worked with companies for six years. 
Wow. Okay. You know, Palace Athena, who we ended up selling to Lexmark, we worked with them for six years and it was a case of actually helping them with some small acquisitions, helping them with people, uh, and then finally doing the sale uh, to Lexmark. Um, yeah. But it, you know, it's, it's a $50 million sale. It's a, yeah. big, it's a big event in those people's lives. But you learn a lot because you do get so close to your clients. And I can think of a client, actually, uh, just from a few years ago, they, uh, they would have been given an offer. Somebody had approached them and had offered four and a half million for their company. And he was about to agree the deal. And somebody that he knew quite well said, go and have a chat with Mark just before you do it. See what he thinks. So I got a call out of the blue and he said, come down and see me. He said, I'd like to have a chat about an M&A issue. I didn't really know anything, uh, the reason for it, but I knew of the company and I knew it was a, it was a, good, it was a good company. Yeah. Um, so I met with the owner, had a chat with him and he said, this is a situation. I've been offered four and a half. I'm quite happy. I think I could accept that. He said, but what do you think? And I said, well, I think you've, you've got an interesting business. I said, it takes a bit of analysis to look at it in depth but I think you've got a good profile. You seem to have got some good technology here. Let's have a little bit of a deeper look. So we did. And it, it sort of finished with him saying to me, okay, he said, if you think that you could get for me 5 million, then I'll go with you and I'll turn this other offer down. Okay. So we agreed on that and we moved forward. Yeah. And one of the things that we're talking about is uncovering the diamonds beneath your feet. Um, because I think that you need a certain degree of object objectivity often to see the real value in a company. And one of the things that we saw was that there was their marketing processes. Now, this is quite unusual for companies in their particular sector, which was around document capture. And they had really put a lot of effort into this. They'd been through quite a transformation in the previous three years in changing the type of business that they were. They had a much more sticky um, business engagement with their clients because they were tying into back-end technology. But one of the key things was how they went out and they attracted new business, how they had formalized this, put this into a process that was scalable and repeatable. And I, I brought into that organization, they probably, we had serious face-to-face -face, uh, discussions and meetings with about 12 different companies. And one of the key things that came out of this with the larger organizations looking at this small company and saying, wow, look at that process. Look how they have driven leads into that and look how they have increased the awareness and the technology that they've put behind that. What would happen if we were to take that and use that in our much larger company? Yeah. And it started, yeah, you, it, because they had that scalability, the repeatability. Yes, they had IP. Yes, they had some good technology. They had some good customers. But the, the real diamond for some of these companies was that marketing process, that, uh, that knowledge and, and real, they were up to date with the latest techniques out there. And there are very few companies that can do that. And the yeah. result was he was given eight and a half million for the business. Wow. So you sort of turned him from sort of like four and a half that you sort of doubled his money nearly basically. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess exactly. You've got your, you're on his Christmas card list, I guess, every year. <laughs> but that's what we should do. That's, that's what we do, you know. Yeah. And, but that's great fun. I really do enjoy that because I love business. I mean, I've had many businesses of my own. I started, I, I always say I started my first business when I was 11 and I started car cleaning. You do yeah. learn from those experiences. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a business selling 
um, flotation devices for athletes and triathletes and then we yes. turned it into something for fitness people um i've been on market stores i've sold i've sold in in, in markets you know all of that is great experience yeah. so when i'm working with business owners i love to hear about their businesses i love to hear about the, you know the personalities of those businesses and you you know you make good friends as well um yeah. i've got many lifelong friends that have been uh, ex-clients of mine so it's so uh, you're right, you do it, and I, I agree. I, 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 I always say to people, I sold double glazing, I sold on the market myself. Yes. I mean, the great double experience. glazing, I can imagine. We're great, great learning ground. It, it was, it, trust me, when you're on the, um, well, I always <laughs> double glazing, it was, I always tell people that I talk, as you might have heard, I talk a lot about persistence, and a lot of businesses actually in sales processes don't have enough persistence. They get yes. silly, and I was absolutely. When, you, when, you, when you're on the 50th call of the day and you've had most people abuse you, you've still got to hope that the 51st <laughs> is the right one. But um, tell me, <laughs> You've obviously had you know huge amounts of success in terms of what you're doing. Is there any you know things you've done that you look back and thought, "Oh, Mark, I got that wrong," and and you know lear learnings, lessons that you've made that you think, "Geez, you know, if I'd if I'd have done that differently, I could have had a better oh, result." Wow, just, every, you know, useful things that you can change. Things that I've done wrong probably every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you, you sort of like you really wish you'd, you'd learn a big lesson from. Um, if not, then, then obviously no. Not. No, I think. Uh, I think the, 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 the company that I was a part of, I was a shareholder in before I started um, this current business, this is the late uh, 1990s. Yeah. I think that I, I stayed with that business longer than I should have done. Okay. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really believe in the solution that they were offering. Yeah. And I, and I think if I don't believe in something, I know just, just, You've got to have something else to sell, something else, you know, another service. If you don't believe it, let it go. And, yeah. I, and I, I didn't have the ability to change it because it was part of a, a pan-European organization. They'd created some software. And I, this wasn't down to the fault of the software developers. It was the leadership that they were given in that were sent in different directions, you know, every six months. Um, I think that there was potential when I joined the company, but it had gone in the wrong direction. And I didn't, I didn't really believe that the software solution that they had solved a real business pain it was a nice to have if i didn't have any other, you know if i didn't have many other priorities and i think i should have left that organization a lot long a lot earlier but from the back of that when you have that sort of experience when things are tough and it was very tough many times and you know actually i ended up spearheading with um, somebody else within the organization and we did a, a management buyout and we raised money all of those were very trying and stressful times, but you learn most when you're under pressure like that. You, you so do. It was a mistake to stay there, but what I learned in trying to get over some of those problems, um, you know, those experiences stay with me. So I don't, you know, I don't like to look back and regret anything. You, know, you make no, decisions at the time, don't you? And it makes perfect sense, but you talk about some of that, which I think is really interesting about this passion for the product and, and actually... It, it, it's oh, it's a big totally. thing, I guess, in terms of actually, you know, as a business owner and and, and guess, you know, people, you know, someone like yourself who's built up and 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 help and and drive and sold businesses. That that passion is so important, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And 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 we we produced a video recently, and we were trying to put into it, you know, what we felt um, about entrepreneurs that we come across, and I do admire them. You know, so many of the people that I've 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 worked with, I think that the effort. And the sacrifices that they make and the, and the dedication, um, it, it, it is something to be admired. 
And I think that the way that we're set up with the media, it tends to be the very largest companies that get the media attention, that have the resources. But actually, if you look at the economy as a whole, yeah. those companies, the smaller organizations, they make up half the, half the sort of the total revenue in any of the sectors. And they, that is also where a lot of the, rev, the innovation comes from. Yeah, no, and it's the, right. then the, bit, the larger corporate giants and the investors out there, you know, the corporate investors, in my mind, that quite often feed on those smaller companies. You know, I've seen some very underhand things that are done in the M&A world. I don't, I don't come from a financial or a legal background. I come from more of a sales marketing and I've been there and, you know, I've, I've started businesses myself. And that's the same with my other senior colleagues. We've all come from within the industry. We know what it's like to sit on that side of the table. But the M&A world is, is managed by accountants and lawyers. And there's, mm. a, you know, there's, there's a whole host of reasons for that. But actually what goes on, and this is part of a campaign, if you like, that we're on, it is, is, not, is not right anyway, put it that way. I can probably put it in a lot stronger words, but I've seen some very underhand techniques they use and it's to the disadvantage of those small and medium-sized businesses that our economy needs. We must yeah. have those and we need to encourage those people and we need to encourage those people to go out and do it again, but they need advice. And no, it's interesting you mentioned that because you, sorry to you mentioned about you know the fact that, like you say there's some tactics that go on. Is there any sort of two or three things that you think that you know and conscious of, you know that you think for business owners that are going through this you know they want to sell they want to get to you know to join the seven figure club that's where they're in business. It's one of the reasons why they're in business. Is there anything you sort of two or three sort of key bits of advice you say to people? Look, you know. Wow. Yeah. I don't, know how long your, I don't know how long your uh, podcast is, James, but we'd be going this time in 12 hours time. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a big subject. It, yeah. it really is. It's, um, I, I'm always a little bit reluctant to, to sort of try and boil it down to one or two because there is so much. Yeah. M&A is, is, is complex, but it doesn't mean that it's not something that you can't enter and, and, and do very well from. Um, you know, the sale of your business is going to be the biggest sale of your life. It yeah. is life-changing and it is really, really important. And I think part of it is there's, a, there's, a, there's, an, there's an issue with the, the M&A industry as a whole. And part of our vision is to change that for the small and medium-sized en enterprise, to change that, to put the odds much more back in their favor, because yeah. I think that that will also help the economy. But I also think that part of the problem are the owners of these businesses, right. because they, they – they're getting, they're picking up myths and misconceptions and not really doing their research. You know, they're getting brainwashed into thinking that their business is merely a multiple of revenue or EBITDA, which is total nonsense. And right. I keep repeating that. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, it's a whole, it does, it, you know, value is built up in layers. And as I said, it's, it's, it's built up by reducing risk. It's, it's like anything else, you know, the value of something is, is, is based upon supply and demand and competitive tension. It's what one person is willing to sell it for and what the other person is willing to buy it for. But because the M&A industry is dominated by accountants, they like to do accountant type things, which yeah. is put together spreadsheets and work out multiples and mathematical equations. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. No, you, as simple you, you, as that. 
No, you're right. And, and I guess, you know, one, one of the advice, I mean, the first seven figure podcast I did with Dwayne Jackson from Cashflow, because Dwayne sold Cashflow to, uh, to, to, to Iris, um, you know, a number of years okay. ago. He said, yes. One of the things that he did, you know, is that he had a figure in mind. And uh, he had a figure in mind. He, he, he knew the value of his business. And someone, he, he tells a story whereby he was in a room and they were literally discussing the sort of final terms. And uh, someone, and again, he brought advice in, to so go back to your point about bringing advice in, someone came in and said, actually, if you look at that clause there, Dwayne, I think that's going to mean that you're going to be, um, you know, quite a different, you know, a, a, quite a substantial half a million pound figure out. And uh, he said to them, across the table to them, he said, we need to move, you know, take that, take that clause out. They said, no, he said, right, that's it, it's over. We, we, he, he walked away and he tells this story. And I remember asking him, wow, you know, you must have had, you know, real confidence to do that. He said, sometimes you've got to have belief in what you do. But I think your, your point of this is, Bring the advice in as well, isn't it? It's about getting the advice in at the right time. If you do think you're going to change but how do you get that advice in? Um, yeah, it, I, it's about not looking at that that sale of your business as something that just happens within the last year of yeah. your involvement with the company. You know, the first thing I would say is start with the exit strategy from the first day because it will. It will make you build that business in a different way. It will make you view the business in a better way. And guess what? It makes you build a better business most of the time yeah, because yeah. it gives you that little bit of objectivity. And I think that you, could, you can get some advice in that area. From the, you know, get advice from the right people. That's what I would say. Don't just go out to somebody because they've sold their business. You know, they've sold one business or they've sold two businesses. I do get that a lot. I've been brought into organizations and they've said, you know, we've brought in this guy because he's sold two or three businesses in the past. And when you really boil down, he's, he has done and he's sold all three really badly. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. and he's just going to repeat it. And he's, guess what? He's just about to line up his fourth bad sale. Yeah, you know, I've, yeah. I've, I've done over 140 and I've been working at this for 25 years and I'm still learning things. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not just my experience, it's the experience of the other guys within, within my business. They are also very experienced and we've put all of, all of our knowledge and experience and we've created a, you know, a, a process and, and knowledge that it's systemized and it takes people through it. So start with that exit strategy always be building equity within your organization and i think the one weakness sometimes and i'd, I'd, I'd point to myself in that respect that is if you've started a business if you are an entrepreneur you're going to be a quite a confident person and the tendency is to think yeah i can do that i can do that i can do that and there are times when it's actually smarter to say i can but i probably can't do it best I do need to bring some assistance here because the differences are massive. You know, I've got a number, I've got a number of, it's very difficult to say as an organization on every deal, how much extra value did we bring to our client? I can say I've never had a client who's, who's found it painful to give us the check at the end of the deal because they can see the work that we've done. It's hard work. But I have had a few examples where they've been in the process of actually, they've, they were about to sell, and then for some reason or another, and they were, they were happy with that value. And then they've come to us because something's gone wrong or they changed their mind and we've doubled it. And we're talking about right. millions here. It's, it's yeah. millions. It really is. It's the biggest sale of your life. Make sure you get it right. I think that's, I think that's amazing advice. And also, you know, one thing we'll do is, as part of the seven biggest podcast here is sharing you know, your details around you guys and 
what you do because I know you're about helping people do that. So I'm conscious we talk towards the end of the pod, and it's been amazing talking to you about something. I really appreciate your time, you know, today. But sort of final question to you, you know, just just in terms of you know, if you could go back in time and sort of give yourself one bit of advice was there any bit of advice you think actually do you know what that's really that's something i wish i'd sort of you know i know you may not leave in the company you know a bit earlier than you did but, but you know is there, is there anything you think actually either a bit of advice or something that you think actually you know that the hack or a tip that you use that, that you know has got amazing results you to finish finish the podcast off with um i think believe in yourself um and I think that that leads uh, to another bit of advice, which funnily enough, I was given by John Oakes and always sticks in my mind, Some, sometimes uh, comes back to me, which is that if to be successful in life, you have to reach out. And in order to do that, you have to let go with the other hand. And that requires confidence. So I think that I see a lot of very talented people with passion and skills um, and a lot of energy and I think sometimes they perhaps just sit too long. And if they can just have that confidence to reach out, it does mean letting go of some things, then perhaps they can get to that success a bit sooner. And that's something that, that I would aim to do myself as well. Yeah, no, well, that's fantastic. I love that. It sounds like John was a, an incredible mentor for you and lots of, I get there's probably lots more stories and, and ideas. And oh, definitely. What. Yes. <laughs> a few to have over a beer, perhaps not so much yeah, in the podcast, indeed. but you'd enjoy them. <laughs> no, indeed. Well, I mean, I think, but I think that, that that's a great way to, to sort of finish off the podcast. I'm actually saying, you know, being able to, to be able to, to look at yourself, reach out and, and, and actually reach out and look at new opportunities, but be prepared to, to, to let go is, is a great bit of advice for any, anyone listening that sometimes you've got to look at those things, haven't you? You've got to look and say, yeah, yeah. I all myself, basically. Yeah, and draw the best out of yourself. You know, it's amazing. I think when you give yourself a bit of space and a bit of thinking time, it's amazing the ideas that come up. And that's part of what we facilitate with our clients is to draw the best out of them because they know their business, they know their industry. Quite often, they just need to have that thinking time and have that, that process to be facilitated for them. And that's, that's a valuable, valuable element that I think that we can bring to them. So yeah, it's good fun as well. Brilliant. Well, well, look, Mark. You know, it's been amazing talking to you. It's been absolutely, uh, you know, really, in, you know, inspirational for me in terms of, you know, finding out some of the stories and the ideas of what you know you guys have done. And, and like you say, some of the, you know, some of the stories there, you know, doubling people's. Well, that was going to stick in my mind for the whole rest of today, from four to four and a half to eight million. I mean, <laughs> like you said, that's just that's an example of what you guys can do and, and the knowledge that you have. So, um, look, I really appreciate your time today. I think it's um, what I'm going to do. As I say, we'll be sharing details around you guys and uh, and, and and both, not just the the boss equity website but like mark had mentioned in the in the, uh, in the podcast an incredible video that was put together by mark and his team um which talks about how entrepreneurs work and uh, which we'll also share as part of the uh, the podcast little link from the podcast because um it really inspired me when i saw it and i know that um, like you say mark it's passion for you to to help other entrepreneurs you know achieve their dreams well, no, thanks very much for inviting me, uh, James. I mean, I do listen to a lot of podcasts myself, and I think it's a great tool for business people because it's, uh, for me, I, I put podcasts off when, I, when I'm down at the gym, mm. and I think what you're doing is great. I think I know in your particular area of expertise around CRM, we actually, that's one of the areas that we look at when we go into an organization. And again, it's, a, it's an opportunity to increase equity value within an organization because it reduces risks for buyers coming in so i think it's really important and i love the work that you're doing keep doing it 
Great stuff. Well, Mark, look, really great to speak to you. Um, I'm, as I say, uh, we'll uh, we'll finish off the podcast here. Um, that, thanks very much for, uh, for 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 your time today. I really appreciate it. And um, as I say, we'll uh, we'll look forward to to, uh, to to hopefully catching up with you really soon. Thank you very much, James. It's been a pleasure. So there you have it. That was the podcast we did with Mark Edwards from Boss Equity. Um, I hope you really you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed talking to Mark uh, around business and, and, and what you need to do to achieve success in the business that it is that you own. And I thought a number of the things that were pointed in, in what Mark talked about there, you know, he mentioned about mentors and, and the mentor that he had. And obviously that's a key thing that we always say to a lot of companies, you need to have that mentoring position in place um, with people that have been there and done it to actually uh, to help you on your way. Um, so certainly something I've had found value here at InTouch and uh, I'm sure others can uh, can testify that having a mentor that can help you can make a big difference. Um, I also thought some of the other great ideas that Mark talked around there in, in, in terms of you know what you need to do as an entrepreneur to achieve success is key and there's a great video that I'll also share um, within the link in the, in, the, in the podcast itself to a video that Mark and his team did on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and it moved me and I'm sure it will move you guys as well in terms of seeing that. So um, hopefully you enjoyed that edition of the Seven Figure Club podcast. We're always interested in talking to entrepreneurs and, uh, and business owners, people that have been there and sold businesses and achieved success and we're always really happy to, to chat to them and, and understand what they've done to achieve the success that they have. Uh, I've got a few people lined up, a really exciting uh, lady who's due to join the podcast uh, in next week. So I'm hoping I'll be able to share that with you soon. But if you've got any ideas of someone you think would be great to, uh, to interview on the podcast for them to share their stories, then please let us know. And if you also need any help around actually growing your business, driving your business forward, and actually converting more of your prospects into customers, then obviously give us a call here at In Touch. We're always happy to help you in that way. That's what we do. That's our passion is helping our clients convert um, their prospects into customers and drive their business to a new level of growth. So if we can help with that way, then we'd love to talk to you as well. But thanks again for listening. This was um, episode number six of the Seven Figure Club podcast. More to follow really soon and have a great day.